now we're going to turn into, into God's Word, and we're going to turn to Acts chapter 9, where we have been for a little while now. God continues to slow us down. I think we are in a rush too often with God, and He wants to speak, and we're just sort of zooming by, uh, reading the next paragraph, reading the next, the next uh, phrase or whatever that He's got in His Word, but um, we need to slow down. Often we're letting our mind uh, lead us. And as Christians, as spirit-filled believers, we're supposed to be letting the spirit lead us. See, our mind is very powerful, isn't it? You know, we can think all kinds of thoughts. We're like a, a, a major computer, right? We think all kinds of things. The spirit is more powerful than that. But the spirit has to sometimes slow down the mind in order for us to be quiet enough to hear him. So let's pause and pray, asking God to give us his word this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word and your spirit. We want to submit ourselves to you. Slow down our thoughts, our random thoughts, our, the things that come from ourselves, and fill us with your spirit and your spirit's thoughts this morning. We thank you that you use your word as a tool for that. And so we turn to your word and ask you to make it alive in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I titled the sermon today, Advancing in Awe. Advancing in Awe. And you'll see why it's titled that this morning. Uh, we're going to read one verse, basically, because we're doing a bit of a summary. So... Uh, this verse is considered one of the summary verses in the book of Acts where Luke was writing and then he needed to sort of pause in the story or in the narrative and give us sort of like a big view. And so this verse in, in chapter 9, verse 31, is one of those summary verses. It tells us how wonderfully the church was growing in every area of life because of the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. It tells us how they continue to expand God's worldwide mission. But let's not forget that we have already seen how many problems and challenges and persecutions the church has been through just in these first nine chapters of the book of Acts. So it wasn't like they were on easy street. But here in chapter nine, it doesn't seem like they're discouraged or they're ready to quit. I think that their troubles have done what troubles should do for us. They have made them even more dependent on God. Their troubles, their persecutions have driven them closer to God instead of away from God. They've gone in the right direction. And we'll see that as we look at this verse. You see, they've learned to depend on the Spirit. And they're seeing results that only the Spirit could bring about. As he develops in them greater strength and greater faith. And they continue to do greater things by spreading God's word everywhere they go. So let's just do a little review because this is a summary verse. So if you remember in Acts chapter 2 verse 41, it says that those who accepted the message that day were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number in one day. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, it says after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. 
In chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their numbers. Now it says, nevertheless, because there had just been a time of persecution. And the apostles were arrested and beaten and told never to speak that name again. In chapter 6, verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread. And the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests even became obedient to the faith. So they were even converting people over to this faith in Jesus Christ. So this is a a brief summary of some of the things that we've seen the Holy Spirit do through the people of God as they continue on this journey as a church. Remember, church is a new idea on the earth. It was born on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And now the Holy Spirit is empowering it to bring the word of God, to advance the word of God in this world. So we're here in chapter 9, verse 31. Let's read it. It says, Then the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. You know, it's interesting. They were enjoying this time of peace And all of this is awe-inspiring, what God has already done. We can see clearly that God is blessing them and increasing them in number as he works in and through them. So as followers of Jesus Christ, it should be our constant prayer to follow in these footsteps. We want to be the church like they are the church. But what is the secret? How do we do it? How can we as a church be advancing this way to bring more and more people the good news about Jesus Christ? Before answering that, I want to make one point that we must acknowledge as we sit here this morning. Because we are enjoying a time of peace as a local church, as a local congregation. We've talked about the worldwide church. We've talked about our friends from Belarus. It's not peaceful over there. But for here, for now, in this place, in this location with God, we are enjoying a time of peace. Unfortunately, sometimes I think we miss the purpose for why God gives us peace. You see, God has a purpose in giving us peace. And we're going to learn that this morning and hopefully we will line up with that before we leave here today. You see, the purpose that God gave us for peace is not so we could have a nap, not so we could fall asleep spiritually while enjoying that peace. I believe that we're to use the time of peace to, as they, as they did in this verse, to grow stronger, to be more fruitful and to multiply. You can't do that while you're spiritually asleep. You have to be awake. You have to be alert to what God is doing. You see, from the beginning of existence, the reason why I believe that God wants us to multiply, according to God's word, way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Now, there couldn't be a more peaceful time on earth because this is before the fall of mankind. This is at the creation, at the genesis of everything. Where God created a garden, a beautiful garden, and filled it with with birds and fish and animals and then gave man a place in that garden. 
and he lived at peace as, as, as husband and wife, as Adam and Eve, they lived together with God and they walked with him in the cool of the day, it says. There was peace on earth, true peace. So from the beginning, God blessed mankind. In that moment of peace in the Garden of Eden, he said to them, I give you all this and I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply and I want you to fill the earth. You see, there was a purpose for God to create us. We were to bring peace on the earth. We were to go from this place of, of relationship with God and spread that with, with everyone that we met, everyone that we know. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, that Adam died, the first Adam, but that Christ has come as the second Adam. It actually calls him the second Adam and it also says that the people of God are now a new creation in Christ. So I want you to think about Genesis. I want you to think about how God has set up his new creation under the new second Adam, which is Jesus, and that we are part of that creation. And that God has given us a purpose, not to just be comfortable and sleep our, our lives away, but to be fruitful and to multiply. God has given us everything that we need in Christ Jesus to fulfill his plan on earth. We already have it in Christ by faith. We have what we need to do what God has planned for us to do. To bring the message of Christ to the whole world. That's a, a foundation that we have to believe. We have what we need and we're not waiting for God to do that. We have what we need because he's given us his very spirit. He's given us the spirit of God to live within us. So we have what we need to be fruitful and to multiply and to bring the message of Christ to the, gospel, to, to the whole world. That is the gospel. So this verse, Acts 9, 31, this verse is important for us to sort of dissect and take apart. It's an excellent description of how the church is meant to function on the earth. How the church is meant to grow. You'll see words like peace, strengthened, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, growing in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord, all within that verse. You see that it's spreading. The word of God is moving. It's alive. So it gives us some insight as to what it would be to be an effective and healthy church on the earth today. And at first glance, it might seem that there's some type of contradiction in this verse. Because how can there be both peace at the beginning of that sentence, at the end of the first sentence, a time of peace, and then at the end of the second sentence, the fear of the Lord? How can peace and fear be in the same sentence? Well, you have to understand the meaning of fear. The meaning of fear isn't necessarily the way we use that word 99% of the time. You see, fear in God's word, when it's the fear of the Lord, is a sense of awe. It's a sense of, of sort of bowing before his greatness because he is so amazing. He is so powerful. He is so wise. It's sort of knowing God and allowing the knowing of how great God is to sort of humble you before God and to put you in a sense of awe, like he's amazing, right? So living in the fear of the Lord literally means advancing in awe. 
sound effects. Sound effects. Advancing in awe. So not just being in awe once, but continuing to live in awe. Continuing to walk out your life in a sense of awe with God. Because I think what happens sometimes with Christians is we were in awe once. Maybe at our salvation. Maybe when God filled us with his spirit for the first time and saved our soul, we were in awe of him. But then we've become bored. We've become distracted. We, we're no longer in awe of him. We have to sort of be reminded on Sunday morning by singing a song about it or something like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm supposed to be in awe of God. But we're not living in that every day. We're not advancing in it. We're not getting larger and bigger in that sense of awe. You see, these people were advancing in awe. Every day, they were in more and more awe of what Christ had done and what Christ was continuing to do. And we see the word living in the fear of the Lord. It's really a metaphor for walking with Jesus, advancing on a road, like walking along through life with him, growing in every area of life, letting him walk with us and talk with us. It's not just about numbers, but it's about spiritual maturity. It's about growing up in Christ. It's about being able to produce fruit from the Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these things should be coming up in our lives as we spend time with God and as He continues to transform us and sanctify us. There should be more fruit. We should be advancing in that fruit. We should have more fruit by spending time with God because he is at work within us. You see, these people, this early church, as they continue to share their lives together in true fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with one another, and true joy as members of God's ever-increasing family, they were experiencing that. They were just like, every day was like, wow. God is amazing, isn't he? And then they were sharing that not only with each other among their own little group, but with the world around them. So now the question, is that our experience as a church? Are we following in those footsteps? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe not. To the extent that God wants us to. My prayer is, Lord, help us improve in this area. Help us to be in awe of you. Of all that you have done and are doing. So let's notice, before we go here today, let's notice what happens in between those two words. Peace and awe, or the fear of the Lord. It may help us to understand how we can improve. How we can cooperate with the Spirit of God and let Him make us more like the early church, more in awe of God every day. You see, as they were enjoying this time of peace, which was provided by God, He gave them a sense of, of a time of peace. Peace comes from God. It's not even so much an external thing as an internal thing. You can be at peace in the midst of a storm, right? I mean, there's, there's a way in which we can hold on to God and to his power and to his faithfulness, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. 
But they were enjoying a time of peace, which was provided by God. And during that time, they were not sleeping. They were being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. It makes it clear right here. Those two words, strengthened and encouraged, are rooted in the Holy Spirit. It was it, being the church. The church was strengthened. The church was encouraged by the Holy Spirit. That is the key. They were not strengthened by their own Wisdom. They were not strengthened by their own power. They were strengthened by the wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit. Their strength was coming from the Holy Spirit. Their encouragement or their courage to keep going was rooted in the Holy Spirit. And those two things are combined in the Greek. If you look at the Greek language, you don't find both of those words there. It's one word. But the, the idea is that the Holy Spirit was comforting them. He is a comforter after all. He was bringing them in and he was sort of like letting them have a rest. If you think about like during football when there's a timeout or whatever, you know, they go and they get a drink of water and they squirt it in their mouths and, and, they, and they come around and they maybe put one of those warming blanket kind of things over them. You know, they, they, it's kind of like, come, come here, come on, let's, let's get back together here because they've been through some rough times. But come on, let's, let, let me encourage you. You can do this. Go back out there and do this in my strength. The strengthening and encouragement which the church was enjoying during this time was because of the Lord's presence with them and in them and between them. You see, the Spirit was everywhere, all around them. As believers in Jesus Christ, it wasn't just in them as individuals. It was in them as a body, between them. So often we deal with each other as though we're just flesh and blood. We forget that the Spirit of God resides in believers who gather with us in the truth and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Spirit is in you. I need to recognize that. I need to understand that. So that I treat you and I, and I accept you and I welcome you in the same way that I welcome the Holy Spirit. His comfort wasn't to lull them into sleep. It was to strengthen them to go on. You see, God was adding strength and encouragement to their lives for a reason. He wasn't just doing it to make them feel better. So often we, we, we don't look deep enough with God. Did it make them feel better? I'm sure it did. But there was a reason behind his strengthening and his encouragement. There was a reason for this time of peace. God always has a reason. He doesn't waste anything. He wants to continue to expand the ministry of the church. And it wasn't going to be easy. As we read through the rest of the book of Acts, if we ever get to the end of it before Jesus comes, we're going to see there, there are more challenges up ahead. There's more difficulties. There's more arrests. There's more stonings. There's more, there's all kinds of shipwrecks. There's all kinds of things coming. So he's strengthening them for a reason because they need the strength to be able to expand the ministry of the church. God's whole purpose is not just to make the church comfortable and happy until he returns. We got to get that out of our minds. It's insidious. It just continues to try to work its way back into our mind. The Holy Spirit needs to slow us down and say, wait a minute. 
What are we here for? I'm not just here to entertain you. I'm not just here to make you laugh. I'm not just here to make you comfortable. I'm here to strengthen and encourage you and give you courage to go out and bring the good news of the gospel to the far ends of the earth and everywhere in between. To your neighbors, to your family, to your work, your workmates. Everyone needs to hear how great God is. And if you're convinced, if you're walking in the awe of God, that God is amazing, God is uh, just mind-blowing, then that just comes out of you. It just spills out of you when you're overflowing with that truth. So when we get detached from the Spirit, when we're not listening to the Spirit, we start to shrivel up and and lose our courage and feel weak. And what we need is more of the Spirit, more of the encouragement that comes from the environment of the Spirit, the, the, the fellowship that we have together. You see, the reason that God sent His Spirit was not just to make us comfortable, not so we could have a nap and get our blankie and feel good. That's not why the Spirit came. I don't know what that is. That's just human nature, I guess. We want to feel that way. We, we crave that feeling. His reason for strengthening and encouraging is to build up the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. To edify. Now the word edify, we don't use it a lot, but it is a biblical word we have to be familiar with. Edify means literally to build the house. God wants to build his house. He wants to build it strong. He wants to build it so it stands out in the world. He's not talking about the four walls of this place. He's talking about the four walls of your heart and your mind and your whole life, your soul. He wants to build your house up and our house up collectively so that when we go out, there's something to be proud of. God in us. The work of God that he transformed us. He changed us. He made us into new creatures. He rescued us. He saved us. He delivered us. All that good news needs to be spread. But if we're not built up by the Holy Spirit, we won't spread it. We'll just take a nap. We'll just find a pillow. We need to realize that in this verse, we see that the Holy Spirit is encouraging and strengthening the church. And as he does that, the numbers continue to grow, it says. And they grew in number. Even more people joined them. Because they were living in the fear of the Lord. They were advancing in the awe of God. God is amazing. And he's building his church during a time of peace. Now, I love this because, you know, I like to play with the ideas here and ask the Spirit to sort of show me things. And, and sometimes it's, it's him and sometimes it's me. But when I think about the fact that they were enjoying a time of peace... And then he was building his church. I think, yeah, you don't really build houses during a war. During a war, you might dig a hole and try to get down into a bunker, but you don't build a beautiful house. So you need a time of peace to build a beautiful house. We need a time to draw away from all the craziness and let the Spirit build us up so that his house is beautiful, his house is attractive, his house is is awe-inspiring. Not a building, not not this kind of physical building, but your life. 
And God can't build a house when you're in the middle of a war. If this bomb's going off, you're not going to be, you know, nailing two by fours together. You know, you're going to be trying to cover and hide. So during a time of peace, God builds his house. I want to show you the map of what has happened here. I don't know how well you can see that. It's pretty good. So Jerusalem is where Pentecost took place. Jerusalem's down in the sort of the orangey area above Bethlehem. And it, the church has already spread, has already gone to, to neighborhoods and to homes and to villages all throughout Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. And Damascus is way up there in the corner because we know the church has also gone to Damascus because otherwise Saul wouldn't be going there to arrest Christians. There wouldn't be any Christians to arrest. So the, the, the Spirit of the Lord had empowered the people. Yes, it was through persecution. It says they were scattered, but empowered them wherever they went to keep telling people about Jesus. They were his witnesses in Jerusalem. They were his witnesses in Judea. They were his witnesses in Samaria. And so God continued to confirm his word and continued to, to show through the miracles that he did, which we'll look at next week with Tabitha. But we, he continued to confirm that, yes, this is me. This is me at work in the world. See, the faithfulness, that kind of faithfulness to be Christ's witnesses to live out his blessing, to live out his presence makes us fruitful, makes salvations take place, makes people be hungry for that, makes multiplication take place. See, God was giving them a time of peace so they could continue to grow as new creatures in Christ. Remember, there were no written Bibles. They couldn't sit around and, and read God's word together. They had to hear it from the apostles. They had to hear it from others who had heard the story of Jesus. It was repeated. It was an oral tradition at this point. Luke is now writing many years later about the history of the church. But in what he's writing about right now, they just had to sit and, and tell each other and listen and, and pray and ask God to help them to understand what was going on on the earth today. You see, the Holy Spirit provides us with times of peace. My question is, what do we do with those times of peace? Do we allow him to build us up? Do we allow him to give us more courage so that we can be advancing the gospel of Christ? Are we giving God the time that he needs to reveal what his agenda is? What does he want us to do in this time frame? You see, this time of peace and ministry from the Holy Spirit prepared them so that they could go forward in God's strategy to fulfill his plans, to fulfill their destiny, the reason why he gave them his spirit. And I believe that Holden Chapel, even though it's 50 years old, is in a position to be more fruitful, is in a position to multiply, to grow as the spirit encourages us and fills us and strengthens us. I believe that Holden Chapel needs to Spend the time with God, seeking him so that we can know what is ahead, but not be in control of what is ahead. So that he can prepare us. Because I think we can advance in awe together. 
We know God's goodness. We know his mercy, his grace, his love for us. We should be in awe of that. Because God isn't finished building his house, his people. So we must continue to be his witnesses in Holden and in Rutland and in Worcester and in Worcester County. And even to the ends of the earth. That agenda has not changed. God has not changed. You see, I believe that we can be like these early believers by simply following in their footsteps. It's not a secret. We don't need some secret to be revealed. It's right here in God's word. We can see in their lives that are recorded for us on the pages of God's scripture. See, what had they done to see such great things? What, what did they have to do to see God multiply their numbers and bring the gospel successfully into more and more people's lives? What did they have to do? Well, it's plain in scripture. They had simply to believe and to obey the words of Jesus that he spoke to them. Trust and obey. Believe and obey. That's it. They had to follow his direction. Even in the midst of severe persecution, the believers put their faith in the Lord and in what the Lord had promised them on the day before, the days before Pentecost, when he told them that the Spirit was coming. He said to them, and he says to us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will then be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will. You will. Do we believe that? And do we believe it so much that we actually obey it? Because it is a receiving from God, but it's also a doing. If you say, you will receive the Holy Spirit, he's going to come to you. He's going to come into you. So receive that. But then you have to do something. Go and be my witnesses. So from receiving that, you then send that out wherever you go. And you become his witness to his greatness and to his goodness. Do you believe that? It hasn't changed. The church is still the church. We still give in the great commission to go and make disciples. But we don't do it in our own strength or with our own programs. We do it by letting the Spirit of God strengthen us and encourage us and by living in awe of God. So, so in love with Him, so overtaken by Him that it spills out in our conversation. It spills out in our attitude. It gets us through the tough times. You see, God is inviting us back into His commission. If we've wandered, he forgives us. He wants us back, back in line. Come back in to this awe-inspiring life where it's not only for you, but it's for the whole world. Amen? Amen. Amen. 